Hey guys, this is Nick. Just uh, just wanted to thank you for checking out uh, episode 69 of the Life in General podcast. Uh, this episode, this was our big, our big May vinyl episode, and unfortunately, uh, I screwed up, <laughs> and I have to kind of admit that I uh, somehow when 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 I set up the program, it didn't like auto select the microphones, and I didn't realize that until I was editing the show. Originally, I thought about maybe just uh, just re-recording the episode, but I don't think. I don't think it would the 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 show the episode would have been as good as I think it was. I, th- I felt it was a really strong episode. I really liked the com- the conversation we had and the, and the topics we covered. So I figured just to kind of do this little disclaimer and just kind of explain why the audio sounds the way it does. Um, hopefully, you find it still listenable and you enjoy it. And uh, that's about it. Uh, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Life in General podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Ian and I'm very creeped out by that. <laughs> Why was that creepy? I don't know. It was like, <clears throat> I don't know, old 90s, like j- smooth jazz. Like, <laughs> so was, what, was or, that, what was that? To Alan, Alan something. He was always on the radio. Yeah, that's what I'm that. thinking of. But like late night, like yeah. CD, like smooth jazz kind of like radio talk. Yeah, no, it was from the a, like nineties and eighties. That was my poor attempt at like the the movie guy voice. No, you would have had a more like intensity to it. Oh, that okay. was yours too, was too, too mellow. Too mellow. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I'm sick, so maybe that's why. I was. Yeah, that that could do it too. Ian was sick there for a couple episodes, and now I've been. Yeah, more than a couple. I've been sick like half the half the it's, run of the show. It's like I don't know what it is this year, but I feel like I've been sick like almost. This the, the whole 2019 so far. Well, you did have that stomach thing, didn't you? With yeah. The stomach thing. Oh yeah, well, I, like passed out in the hallway. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Was great. yeah. I just keep getting like puking my guts out. Head of work. colds. I've I've had two head colds so far this year. Well, one was a head cold and one was like a sore throat kind of thing. Gotcha. You know, but that's not uncommon. It's it's uncommon for me to get it twice in a in a season, but both times I got over it really fast too. So I usually gotcha. don't. I wonder if mine's like sleep related or non sleep related. Oh, I mean, your body, yeah. Because I, like, since this semester started in the beginning of the year, I slept like shit. I've had days where I get like, you know, no sleep at three all. hours sleep, and then I go to class, and then I work a 12 hour shift, shift yeah. and then, yeah. So, no, your immune system will suffer from that. For sure. So, maybe that's what it is. Now that the semester is over, thank God today was my last day of class. Yeah, yeah, no shit. But uh, <laughs> well, anyway, uh, any questions or comments, you can email us at uh, lifeingeneralpod at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook. On Twitter, we are at LIGpod. Uh, shows on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah, um, it's there. So Find go, it. Go check. Go go check out the show. Still smooth jazz, oh, creepiness. <laughs> the smooth jazz. <laughs> See, yeah, that's perfect. You could totally be a 1990s jazz like Sweet. radio guy. Can I go back in time like 25 years. Yeah, you, you wouldn't have made that much money. No one listened to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. what was that guy's name? Alan Alan Alden or something like that, wasn't it? Did he? Did he talk about the movie guy? No, no, no. The guy that did the damn smooth jazz guy. Yeah, he, he did like the easy listening channel. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It was like it was smooth jazz. That's what they call it. Smooth jazz. 
And it was fucking... But I would put them on, he would put me asleep at night. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But he had that, like, that CD, like, I don't know. It just had an 80s vibe to me. You yeah. know, something you pick up from, like, an 80s softcore porn movie or something. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, well, I mean, just, you know, you kind of associate, like, the Skinamax <laughs> movies to it. At least gotcha. that's what I did. So. Um, so, it's time for our uh, our... our, our Music big, episode? Our big vinyl episode for, for May. Yeah. Well, music. I mean, it just consistently been vinyl, but it's more of a music episode. I mean, my, my plan is that it would be vinyl related, but... Oh, okay. Like... It works for me. Man. Gotta love the vinyl. It's something I enjoy talking about. It's something that takes up a big chunk of my what little free time I have. Yeah. And bank account. <laughs> More of my bank account than it should. Right. But, uh, so yeah, so today we're going to talk, obviously we're going to recap uh, Record Store Day 2019, mm-hmm. which we both participated in. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, record cleaning. Uh, I got uh, a list of upcoming releases for May. Mm-hmm. I got some stuff that I found recently um, in my record digging. And then uh, we're going to talk some original pressings versus reissues, which I don't know why, but it's been like a kind of a hot topic on the uh, the vinyl. Well, and I can see why, because some of the notes I have notes, people. Yeah, I came with prepared. Well, they're not notes. They're notes. They're not notes. You just print off. You print off some I, damn I, pages off the internet. Again. I, I, yeah, but I read it. Like, see this? Look, I'm going to turn this around. And I'm going to scroll through the like the four pages of hand typed notes that I have. Yeah. So yeah. But hey, Ultimately, let's, let's I'm more on. prepared now than I've been for most yes, of the episodes. So, and this is a pretty good summary. I don't need to, I don't need anything more than this. That's true. That's true. And you know what? You bitch about not having any time, but you don't need to spend all that time typing out four pages of notes. Why? When I, you could have just printed one fucking article and it answers all the questions. But that has that, that has like seriously like the 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 original processing versus reissue thing is going to be one of the last things we're going to talk about. So we got a lot to talk about before we get to that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't have any notes on that. I know, but <laughs> this is me banging my head in the microphone, people. I hey, you know what the the show the show list you gave me says original pressing versus new yes, pressing. Yes, yes, yes. That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about any of the other crap. No. So as far as that other crap goes, I was I the other stuff we happened. talk about every every time. We always talk about you know stuff. That's every come episode out and... we talk about. Millions of things. It doesn't mean I'm always prepared. Okay, for so it. every one of our like vinyl episodes, we've talked about things that we've found, yeah, picked up, and, fair enough. And, and things that are coming out. That's always kind of the, like the boilerplate for the for the episode. Boilerplate? What's a boilerplate? <laughs> boilerplate. It's like the standard thing. Okay, I've just never heard that term, that that phrase before. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not something I made up. It's a very popular standard kind of thing. Okay, well, I just never heard it before. So record store day, yes, which was when it April, was April something third, no. was it the third? I mean, you know, I I I don't know. I was there, but I wasn't really there. I worked that night. You you did all the you did all the heavy lifting as far as the line goes. What was I say? So it was April, whatever the first Saturday, April thirteenth. That's what it was. Okay, Jeez. yeah, yeah. So record store day was. I don't know why I don't didn't have that in my notes. It's really just two weeks ago, wasn't it? Or three weeks ago? Something like that. Yeah, three weeks ago. Um, so it was April 13th, and uh, yeah, so my son and I, we got out there at, uh, so we went to Dearborn Music mm-hmm. in Dearborn, Michigan. It's our, it's our go-to place. Yeah, it's kind of where I go all the time. 
But uh, so my son and I, we got there at 5.15 in the morning. And there were already about 50 people in line. And so I was talking to one of the guys that was standing next to me, and he told me that he had gone up and uh, just 15 or 20 minutes before I got there and was talking to the first couple of people that were in line. And the first two people said that they got there about 8.30 the night before. Which means the, meant the store was still open when they got there. Correct, because the store yeah. the store closed at 9. Uh, and actually, well, their record, their record side closed earlier that day, so they could kind of sell Oh, that. yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Because um, they did, they moved, moved things around a lot. Oh, yeah, that. they did. They did. So. Um, so, yeah, so they got there about 8.30 the night before, and, like, the first probably five to ten people were there by, say, 1 or one thirty in the morning. Okay. So if you wanted to be up towards the front of the line, you would have been there really early. Right. And by the time Ian got there, five minutes before the store opened. <laughs> right. Well, I didn't get out of work. Now, yeah, that's true. In my defense, that's true. I got to work at seven, and I had to drive from Ann Arbor to Dearborn, so that's a forty-five minute drive. It is. So by the time I got there, yeah, of course it's going to be you know fifteen, twenty, ten minutes or so. So you got there five minutes before it opened. Yes, yes, it was such a grueling wait. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time, Ian was probably what. A there, solid oh 300 God! People in line. The line was close to the end of the building. It, it was not going, around it was, the building. It was past the end of the building, all the way up to the street. Oh, was it? I didn't yeah. even see that. It was far. All the way up to Military Street. I think it's military. Yeah, it's military. Yeah. So yeah, there's probably a solid 300 people in line. Yeah, there would have had to have been easy 300 men. Yeah, and sure. uh, and it was kind of funny too because that, all that waiting and we were in we, and out in 10, 15 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. We, yeah. We walked out, and, and it would have been less actually because we paid for our stuff, and then you wandered off to go look at something else. That's true. Because there was so, so there, I got pretty much everything I was looking for there. There were two, there were two records I was looking for that I didn't find there, and that was the um, the My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade of the Dead, which was the it was that's a live concert. It was okay. The, the very last show for the Black Parade tour. Okay. So that was recorded in two thousand six, I want to say, two thousand seven, in Mexico. So I didn't find that at Dearborn. I didn't find uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Didn't have either one that was there. So I kind of, after I, we made it through the line, I'd gone back to just, just to just double to make check. make sure, yeah. yeah. Double check didn't have it. Um, I got everything I was looking for. But, uh, but yeah, when we left, there was still a really long wait. Right, and it didn't even dawn on me because there's so many people. I mean, we got in, like, I guess they were, like, filtering people in in, like, groups. Yeah. And it... Even though we were, like you said, you were like about 50 people back, our group got in right away. I mean, we walked right in. Were we, were we, were we part of the, we weren't part of the first group. Yeah. Oh, we were We were. We went right in. They yeah. opened the door and we were, so we basically walked right in. That's pretty sweet. I mean, they had a pretty good system to kind of filter people kind of in a circle around the store, but, um, yeah, we walked right in. And that's why it was like, like I said, we were in there 20 minutes. And surprisingly enough, it wasn't like, Kind of mass chaos, like I thought. Which, yeah. which I, I hadn't been there for record store day before, but I was there for Black Friday. Uh, yeah, which is it is another record store day, but it's obviously not as big as regular record store. Right, day. Yeah, the regular the, the, you know record store day this year there was over fly, over five hundred titles that were released. Mm -hmm. I want to say Black Friday last year there was only a couple hundred. Titles. Right. Um. So yeah, I don't. Dearborn music kind of keeps you. You kind of go in line. Right. And you kind of go around. And there wasn't a whole lot of people jumping in front of other people and grabbing stuff. But a, I mean, little, a little bit. A little but bit but of everyone was real polite about it, too, though. I know. Everyone was like, but excuse was, me. So one of the big things I was looking for, which was the uh, Chuck Mosley, Joe Hayes, session number two. 
it's a seven inch. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the two, the last two songs that Chuck Mosley recorded before he yeah. died. Forty five. Yeah, I think it was forty five. Um, but uh, so they had their the forty fives off to the to the right, mm -hmm. and all the ten inch and twelve inch were over to the left. Right, and the main. main yeah. So final so, so we kind of had. I had I, I brought Jack, my oldest. His job was as soon as we go in the door to go off to the to the right. And go back in that back corner and, get, and the, get that damn 45. I even showed him pictures of it. He knew exactly. They actually, Dearborn Music posted pictures on the website of where everything was at in the store. Really? Yeah. So I pulled out the picture and I'm like, Jack, okay, it's top, it's the second from the top row, all the way over to the right, third record over. Go in there and grab it. Uh -huh. Right? So so we walk in the door of this. I mean, it's not chaos, but it's like, it's busy. You're walking right. through yeah, you're, yeah. you're looking around, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's, it's it, there's people talking and so we, we, we kind of head over to the left and as we're walking through the door I'm like Jack go over there and get go get that so we walk in the door we're going over to the to the right I'm over over to the left and I, I was in front and Ian was behind me and Jack was in the back and I turned around to say something to Ian I don't remember what it was and and Jack was still standing there <laughs> he didn't hear you I'm like when you said go ahead and go over there I said what the fuck are you doing <laughs> go get that damn record yeah. so he he didn't hear you the first no time. so he darts over there. And he, he found where it was at, and he grabbed it, because there was only 600 of these things released. Right. There was 1,000 of them printed. I don't know what they did with the other 400, but there was only 600 released on, on record stores. So he grabs one. There was only two of them there. And he said that as he grabbed that copy, someone walked up behind him and grabbed the other copy that was there. So if he would have waited another 30 seconds... That would have been it. That would have been it. Yeah. Um, yeah, then you'd be spending $300 better on that fucking... 45. No, actually, they're not going for a lot. A yet. lot on that, no, no, yeah, surprising. No, you can you can still get them for like twenty or thirty bucks. Because I I assume that the original pressing I, I I the one I wanted mainly was thirty diamond glass because I'm there and I got it. Um, but I've been looking at discogs and the original pressing from two thousand seven or whatever that was very limited at the time yeah. and has been like two hundred fifty dollars. It's still two hundred fifty dollars. So it's weird that that hasn't well, adjusted the, the, the price. The dirty diamonds. The new one for Record Store Day. Last time I looked, that was like a hundred bucks or more. Oh, really? Yeah. And I paid twenty twenty two dollars for it. Yeah. There, and there's a couple of things. Um. So, well, before I get to, to let, let me go, get back into the store. Yeah. Okay. So after we're done there, I, Jack and I leave, and, and Ian, we kind of go our own separate ways. I think Ian, ended up, you ended up going home then. I thought. Didn't you? After after we got our stuff there, because yeah. I got everything I wanted. Um. You know. And, so my I was, list was small. So I was still looking for those two, two for those two records. And Rock of Ages is in what Wayne Garden City, Garden City, Garden City. And uh, so for I, our Garden City listeners, we don't really think that. <laughs> well, Garbage City, whatever. So yeah, we probably don't have any Garden City listeners. <laughs> so so we go over to, to to Rock of Ages. We pull in the actually we stop at that breakfast. Yeah. Then we go over to Rock of Ages and we get over there probably nine. Nine. Yeah, well, right. if you stop to get breakfast, it might have been closer to nine thirty. No, it was probably no, because we just ran to McDonald's, right? Oh, okay. So I want to say it's like right about nine to get there, and we're sitting there, and there's like two other cars in the parking lot, and no line. And I pull in, and there's like four people standing in line. And I was like, man, it's like more time they open, you know, because everyone opens up early. You would think, yeah. So I pull up, I pull up uh, uh, Rock of Ages Facebook page, and. It said they were open at eleven. I'm like, how the fuck is that possible? I said, no, that they, they can't. That's their normal store hours. They've right. got to be open at like 
9.30 or 10 o'clock or something. I was like, if that's the case, we'll just stay until late. So I get out of the car and I go over to the couple of guys standing in line. I'm like, hey, what time are these guys, are they open? They're like, oh, they're open at 11. I said, well, sure, I'm not going to stand here until 11 o'clock. Because Jack had piano practice at 11. Mm-hmm. So and you had to work that night. Yeah. Oh, I did have to work that yeah. night. Yeah. So you had, you know, by 3 so o'clock, I'd, you had to be at work. So. Yeah, yeah. So I have, to leave my, I have to leave my house at like 2 o'clock on the weekend. Right. Um, right. To, to get there. So we're like, well, hell, we can't stay in here and wait for this. So we get in the car, and, and I pull up the, on, on, on Record Store Day's website, you can go through the head, you can type in your, your zip code, and it can bring, it'll bring up all the records, all the record stores in your area that are participating in the Record Store Day. And I was like, well, hell, there's one right in Ipsy. Mm-hmm. Ipsilanti's right on the way home. Yeah. So I'm like, sweet, we'll just stop there and see, see what they've got. So, okay, sweet. So we, we, we head on over there, and it probably took us half an hour to get to Ipsy. Would you take straight through Ford Road, straight down Ford Road? Uh, no, we took 275 to oh, okay. Michigan Avenue back Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we get there, we pull up. I'm looking at the address, and I was like, where the hell is this building at? Where, where's the store at? I'm looking around. I pull up their page. Well, no, they've been closed. They closed permanently. I'm like, well, how, how are they listed on record store days? Because they were probably on there last year. They were on there last year. So I went to a store that doesn't exist anymore. Right. So I was like, well, I'm still looking for, I still want to find those two records. We still had a little bit of time. I'm like, we're close to Ann Arbor. I'm just going to shoot over to Underground Sounds, mm-hmm. which is a big record store in Ann Arbor. And we get there, I illegally park, because I don't want to pay. Because if you park in the parking structure, you know, you know, walk all the way over there, it's going to waste a bunch of time. Right. And I had to get, I had to leave, you know, I had to be, I had to leave from Ann Arbor by, you know, 10.30 to get Jack to, to practice. piano practice. Yeah. So we're staying there, and we probably, they, so they opened up at, I want to say they opened up at 9. Mm-hmm. So they opened up an so hour after, right. they opened up an hour after, uh, Dearborn Music Park. But also, you're probably pushing an hour since they opened, too, when you got there. Correct. Yeah. So it was it was probably 9.45 or so yeah. by the time we got there. So we're standing there, and we probably stood there for almost 45 minutes. So, so it was almost 10.30 at this point. And so they've been open for like almost an hour and a half. And about 45 minutes or so we stood there, and I don't think we moved two feet. Really? So I don't know what was going on. I was like, shit, we can't stay here any longer. Right. There was probably still 150 plus people in, in line ahead of us. Right. I was like, well, I mean, shit. If your line's, if the line's not moving. It's I mean, not moving. So, yeah. so I was like, screw it. I'm going to have to. So I, I brought I brought Jack home, drove him back out to out here, dropped him off at home, and then I ended up going to um, Culture Clash Rec- Records, which is in Toledo, mm-hmm. which we've been there before. Right, right. Um, I picked up a couple records there before. Yes, and I—I I mean, I've been there before, and I thought it was a pretty decent little place. Um, it's not huge, but I felt like they had a pretty good selection when, when we were yeah, there. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. A lot of nothing for if for the used, but you know, yeah, they had very the, little used. A lot. You can a get lot the new stuff, stuff there. Yeah. yeah um, so so I get there. There's there's a pretty decent line. There's probably I don't know twenty thirty people in line ahead of me, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm standing there just bullshitting with the people in line around me because you know. What you do. That's what I do. Um, That's what most of us do. Yeah, especially you know. when it's records. I can yeah, talk records with right. just about anybody. So we're just, just, yeah, social animals. So we go in there, and like as soon as I walk in the door, it's like, boom, boom. I see both the records I was looking for. Because I, I didn't think they'd have either one of them. At yeah. this point, there's like, and it's pretty pretty cool. They had like radio, they had a radio station out there. Um, they had food trucks. 
they made like a big event of the, of the right. whole day. They had games and stuff on the parking lot. And it was pretty sweet. So it was like, as soon as we walk in the door, it's like, boom, boom, grab both the things I want. And I uh, look around, picked up a couple of other records. And I get up to the register and I'm paying for my food. And they're like, oh, hell, hey, since you bought something, here's a. Paying for your records. So paying for your food. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, paying for my records. They're like, hey, so here's, since you, since you bought some records, here's uh, a ticket for a free grilled cheese sandwich at the at the food truck outside. So, so not only did I stay in line, found what I got, and uh, got some free food out of the deal. Yeah. Next year, I don't know. I mean, do you risk just going there, or do we just maintain our Dearborn music? I'll probably just go to Dearborn music. Yeah, and then use the other one as a backup. Cause, yeah, because it's the, yeah, I'll probably, you know, go from directly from Dearborn to Toledo To next Toledo, year. yeah, yeah. There's a, because Dearborn, I know, I know that they're going to, I doubt, I doubt Culture Clash would have had that Joe, that uh, Chuck Mosley. Right, right. I, I don't know how many of the of the other ones they would have had. I don't know if they would have had the the Jethro Tall North Sea Oil ten mm-hmm. inch. So I ended up getting uh, the Weezer Teal album. Yeah. I got the uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody double picture double picture disc soundtrack, which I haven't listened to that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got uh, Serial Killer soundtrack by Green Jelly. I got uh, Woodstock. 94 Green Day by Green Day, which, which I got to, which I listened to today. That's awesome. Is it? I haven't yeah. listened to mine yet. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that. I got uh, U2's Octong Baby, which is in the record store day release, but I bought that in Toledo. Mm-hmm. I got uh, the Black Freighter Dead by My Chemical Romance. I got the uh, Into the Spider Verse soundtrack. I got Into the Fires, which is the WP by Greta Van Fleet. I got the North Sea Oil 10 inch from, uh, by Jeff Atoll. I got the Doors London Fog 10 inch, which I haven't listened to that yet either. And then I got that uh, that Joe Hayes session number two, which I've been waiting because I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to plug in my my computer into my record player mm-hmm. and digitize that those two tracks right. the first time I play it. So that's why I haven't listened to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I managed to find everything I wanted and uh, end up being pretty. Your, your pretty, list, yeah, your list was heavier than mine. I just was I got everything I wanted to. I got it all different music. Um, the Jethro Tull Ten Inch, obviously. Alice Cooper, Dirty Diamonds. Green Day '94, Woodstock, um, and then the Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. So I got those are the ones I wanted, um, and I got them. So I mean, that's. Have you have you listened to your to yes. your Greta Van Fleet? Yes. Did you have? So I had a bunch of skipping issues. With yeah. Them. Like, and when I say a bunch, I mean it skipped probably a good six times plus. Right, and that's right in the first song. I'm assuming. No, it was over the course was, of the album. Yeah. The. Uh, the last song on each side, I want to say, skipped quite a bit. Okay. Uh, no, but you had warned me about it before I listened to it, so I did a good, proper cleaning. Gotcha. So I actually ended up cleaning mine twice. Okay. And then finally, after the second time cleaning it, well, I cleaned it once, played it, and there was still mm-hmm. a scratch or two, a skip or two. So I went ahead and I think and the problem was time. it was just probably because it was so mass produced, there was a lot of like particulate matter on the yeah. vinyl. And that, that's, you know, Mine wasn't that dirty though. I should no. point out it when I cleaned it. See, I, when I when I looked at mine, it didn't really look dirty. Yeah, there mine, wasn't like a lot of surface dust on it. So I mean, obviously, if you're getting skips, it's got to be something done right in the, in the groove. And we don't have a weighted. Neither one of us have uh, our our turntables. Neither one of them are weighted. You don't need uh, it to arms. do so. It does make a difference when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, if you have a if you have a a weighted one and it's a little light, sometimes it'll um, pass over that dirt with no problem. Yeah, and. You know, granted, you just want to keep the records clean. Yeah, just clean the records. But it's not uncommon for me to open up a brand new record 
and there'd be shorts. Yeah, stuff on it. Yeah. You know, they're always going to wipe it off. So I was reading online. Apparently, there was uh, several people that were complaining about the uh, Into the Fires mm-hmm. album having having a lot of dirt and stuff. Right. On it. Yeah, I had one skip, and that was I was okay with that because, like I said, I did a good cleaning on it. But based on what you were telling me, I you know. I was expecting skip, 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 yeah. skip. Yeah. I, yeah, I did that. I had the half, and I bought two act, two albums. I'm, I'm sure, you know, someone out there will shoot me for saying this, but I bought two albums from Target. Mm-hmm. I bought a... We all come from the same place. I know that, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I know they do, but... So I bought uh, um, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. and I got Abbey Road by The Beatles. And those two records are the two dirtiest records I've ever bought in my life. Mm. New records I've ever Right. Bought. I mean, they were, they were filthy. Mm. They were, like, disgustingly filthy. Yeah, I picked up Magical Mystery Tour. I've actually bought more records since Record Store Day than I did during Record Store Day. Um, but I got Magical Mystery Tour, and it didn't have any dirt on it. It was, no. it was pretty clean. Where'd, so, where'd you get it from? music. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know why it would make a difference, because I, I mean, they're factory sealed. I don't know. There's, like, all, like, the... Quick, uh, quickly, you know, fast produced stuff goes to the big box store. I would or, imagine it's all produced would, the same would, anyway. Well, I mean, it does come from different pressing plants, but yeah, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that makes a difference in terms of where it's shipped to. I, I just know. don't. I'm sure it doesn't. But I just thought it was really interesting that the, the only, two that you the bought two Target, records yeah. I bought from Target were both just like right. what the hell is this? Yeah. Huh? That's interesting. But, um, but yeah, I bought, like I said, I bought a lot more shit since, since Record Store Day than I did during Record Store Day. Well, what else did you pick up? Oh, shit, I picked up um, Black Sabbath, uh, Sabbath Play Sabbath, and yeah. Sabotage. Okay. I uh, got Jethro Tull's 50th anniversary of This Was. Okay, yeah, I got, I, I, that um, I got Magical Mystery Tour. I got, I bought, I went and, I went all out and bought the 180 gram um, remix, reissue of... Uh, Brain salad surgery by oh did you Palmer. yeah um just because I I have a lot of Emerson Lake and Palmer's all used except for my Tarkus Tarkus is a new pressing yeah and I don't know I just kind of I think I'm getting in that phase where I want to have like new pressings of certain bands and stuff <coughs> excuse me I don't know what's going I got a tickle in my throat. <laughs> I know they can be taken so many other ways, but um, was it? Oh, and I got the um, the the LP uh, Greater Van Fleet's anthem, anthem uh, whatever anthem of the peaceful army. Yes, anthem. Of, yeah, good I, album. yeah, it is. Um, so now, my you know, just as a completist, I got that EP on Record Store Day. I wanted to have. Um, both their records, and they're working on a new one. I saw an article the other day. Oh, oh yeah, I've been following them on Instagram. Yeah, so, yeah. so they should that should be out next year. I think. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. I'm interested to see where they go with. with yeah, their, that's that's kind of what I'm because if, if you listen if you listen to, uh, their their double EP, and then you even you listen to their their full length album, you can hear slight there's, differences. There's a slight progression. There's, yeah. a, there's a progression. There, yeah, right. absolutely. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of how they go with all that, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a uh, yeah so so I had a lot of fun at Record Store Day. It was yeah. a really long day because I worked till three o'clock the next to the next morning. But right, it was, it was worth it. Yeah, I'll definitely do it again. Yeah, uh, the problem year, next year. Hopefully, I've got time off to where I can actually like get out there. See, that's me. that's the key because this is this is the downfall for me. It 
Um, if it falls on the same weekend, it's on our. By the way, it's on our weekend off next year. It is. Okay. It should be. Because um, I I looked because I I April is also the month that Motor City Nightmares yeah. is, and I go to that. Um, and I I looked two years in advance and figured it out, and I work on both the, the next two years. I work on that that weekend. Yeah. So, um, and I worked this year. I had to maneuver that off, but. Um, so I wasn't sure if it falls. So record, record store day was supposed to be April 20th this year. Okay. But but, but because Easter was that weekend, it moves up one weekend. I it's see. always the third Saturday in April is what I was told. Okay. But if Easter is that weekend, it moves up one weekend. Gotcha. Which is why it was on April 13th. Gotcha. So this year, so this upcoming year, it'll still be the third and theoretically our weekend off. Yes. Cool. Yes. But yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, April's a big month for for that for me and and spending money. There was another another thing I wanted to touch on real quick uh, it, it, before we move on is if you're interested in like the I was listening to obviously you know who Mike Carrera is, uh-huh. but he's the lead singer of MXPX. He's got his own podcast. It's really interesting. But if you're interested in like the dirty side of the music industry, uh, check out. I think it's their his most recent episode. It's episode two seventy five. It's a three and a half hour episode, so mm-hmm. it's like super long. But anyway, the first hour, I think it's the first hour, a little more than an hour, is spent with uh, it's spent with his his band's manager, and they kind of go into the whole background of like you know dealing with all these places, the venues as far as like touring, and oh, I bet, all yeah. the issues that they run into. It was really interesting to hear. The, the side of an independent band trying to make it through the world of these big, you know, in the music industry, everything's run by these big conglomerate multinational yeah. uh, record companies. Well, it's kind of it's kind of come full circle in a sense, because if you look at how bands, say, in the late 60s and early 70s, before the record labels really became, like, ultra-powerful, yeah. um, there, was, there was still a certain level of independence amongst the bands. And, uh, for example, the Isle of Wight concert, uh, or festival. Tall went on later in the show, uh-huh. and the uh, there were a lot. It was kind of a sim- similar situation to what happened at Woodstock, where people were just climbing over the fences and just filtering in, yeah. not paying for anything. So instead of just letting it go, the people who put the show, the festival together, turned off all the equipment and said the bands aren't going to play because you people aren't paying for it. Yeah. Blaming it on the band, and you know the art the artists. There's a, a whole little like behind the scenes of uh, Tull's manager. Like, don't blame the fucking bands. We're yeah. here. We're gonna play. Yeah. Don't we don't care if we don't get paid. We're already here. Just well, yeah. don't fucking blame you, you, us. Yeah. Don't make us look like the bad guys. Yeah. So I mean, <coughs> I think there was a certain level of independence where the you know the band really had to kind of do their thing and and work on the behind you know all that CD money shit. Yeah. And I think it's kind of come full circle where a lot of these independent bands have to do that again. Well, I know that, like, so I had a, so I, I went, Mandy and I went and saw an XPX play last month in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, like, when the chicks went on sale, I was like, really? I mean, they're, they're not, like, a really small-time band. They've got a pretty big following for the kind of music and the scene that they come out of. Like, why are they playing in a 700-capacity venue? Right. Well, if you listen to the show, you if you listen to that episode, you find out that they were trying to play bigger venues, but it's like so. What they were saying is, if you're a if you're an independent artist and you're trying to book a venue, the venue is always going to take someone from the big 
record companies before they take your okay. spot. Right. Before they let well, because they, they want to sell. Yes. You know, theoretically, they're the, the big record labels are going to have the, the bigger selling artists. Yeah. So, so they were trying to sell. They were trying to get bigger, bigger venues, but they kept getting squeezed out of them. So that's why they end up being. They, so they were going to play the show in this venue a couple months back. Uh-huh. But they even got squeezed out of that date. They couldn't get a date ironed out. And then they, they I don't remember the, I don't remember the name of the venue, but they they called an XPX's manager and like, look, we got two dates in the in this month. Can you guys do it, basically? Right. So that's why they had to play in that. So it was really interesting to listen to, at least check out the first hour of that show and kind of and, and listen to kind of yeah, I'm gonna give it a the listen, ins just... and outs of well, I mean, like the, I said, the it's, dirty side, I call it. A... Well, I mean, it's the money side. It is. Yeah. It's it's always going to be the money side. Uh, real artists, I mean, they can't do what they do without the money. So yeah. I mean, you can't you can't begrudge anybody for for that. But I'm sure as far as bands like MXPX and all that. The, the art's first and the money's yeah. second, so that makes it the dirty side, yeah. and, that, and that's completely understandable. There's another thing I did want to bring up, though, also, is, um, you know, we, we've talked before about some of the different ways that artists have tried to, like, set themselves out as far as some of the, like, gimmicky kind of things they've done. Okay. I think we've talked about how there was one band, I don't remember the name of the band, but they, they released a 12-inch, and then after the fact, they said, well, there's actually... A seven inch inside of that twelve inch with completely unreleased music on it. If you want to listen to the seven inch, you have to destroy the twelve inch to get to yeah, it. Yeah, you you mentioned. I remember so, you mentioning that. So yeah. there's bands have done things like that, and uh, so there's another artist that uh, Charles uh, Charles Bradley. I don't know if you or not familiar with, with the name. He's like a funk soul kind of okay, yeah, soul singer. But anyway, he's, he's an older guy. But anyway, he released uh, Black Velvet. It's a double e, a double LP box set, mm-hmm. and it comes with a download card with it. And they don't, which I mean, a lot of things. I, I guess a lot of artists are getting. They're here. starting they're, to move away from they're that. They're starting to move away from yeah. that. But so his comes with a a download card, but it's not like regular download cards. Uh, this is a seeded download card, so you can actually download your the the your songs, mm-hmm. and then you can take the card and go plant it in your backyard and grow a tree from it. Huh. I thought that was I, that kind of cool, actually. So it's you know eco friendly and yeah, you know like 20, Earth Day, <laughs> twenty or thirty years from now, you're like, yeah, that's my Charles Bradley, <laughs> right? Uh, so that was, that I was like that. Cool. I, I dig that. I'd almost buy it just for that. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I, I, I've never, I, I, I don't. I, I do like uh, funk music, you know, for the most part. Yeah, a lot of it's really good. So I never, I'd never heard of the guy before. So until I heard that, when I heard about that, I actually looked him up and listened to it. But to, yeah, it's like it's like. Kind of funk soul, kind of yeah, I can dig it. That genre, mm-hmm. but uh, um, but speaking of, I did want to get into record cleaning also because the whole Greta Van Fleet thing. Right, real quick though, um, I just want to point out I've mentioned Robert Johnson online. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but Netflix has a new documentary about him. Oh really? And it looks really good, so I I just wanted to throw that out there and I'll check it out. Yeah, there's somebody we work with that's a big Robert Johnson fan. I don't know who it is though. Oh, you have to let me know who it is. We were talking about it, and I was like, oh yeah, Ian likes me, and I told him that we had gone to uh, Third Man Records, and mm. he picked up that. I don't know who I was talking to though. I don't know. Well, I want to get it's it's pretty expensive because it's been out for a few years. As there's a a box set of all of Robert Johnson's recordings. Yeah. He's only recorded for two years, yeah, um, or three years. So all of his recordings are set in this vinyl box set, but it's it's like three hundred bucks. Well, I like, think it's three records. I think it might actually be three separate um, uh, discs, but. 
And it's really yeah, it's that it's much. like three hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, at least it was when I looked at it a while ago. But well, I know, I know that uh, Coltrane just released. Well, his kids released uh, a new box set. Mm-hmm. And is that the one they were talking about for Record Store Day? No, no, it came out last month though. Okay, okay. But uh, it wasn't for Record Store Day. It came out towards the end of the month. You said that was pretty expensive. Yeah, that was, but it was eight LPs. I want to say it was like three hundred bucks. That's not bad when you think about it. I mean, that's eight records at say twenty five bucks a pop. It's kind of expensive, I mean, but it's still, yeah, it's still a hundred dollars more than you'd yeah. pay for eight, eight individual records. But um, you know, I, I guess in the grand scheme, it just <laughs> you know, it depends. Like I'm a being a completist. If I'm going to buy something by Coltrane, I want to buy everything by yeah. Coltrane. You know, I mean, I've got a few I, of them. I think I've got four Coltrane albums. Yeah. I've got, and I'm way behind. But I would like I said that Robert Johnson comes first. Um, but that that record I picked up at, at Third Man was actually not was just Robert. It was a compilation. It was kind of like the best of other, and it was all these other artists that were kind of in his same wheelhouse of blues. Yeah. And so there's a lot of artists there that I need to start looking into too, because there's some really good tracks on that record. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I've got I've got a Love Supreme. I've got Blue Train. I've got Live at Birdland, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. album. And I thought there was another one I had, but maybe I don't. Maybe just the three. But uh, I remember you were really excited when you got live at Birdland. Oh, I got the uh, it's uh, John Coltrane, Duke Ellington. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. I got. That's the fourth one I got. Mm-hmm. Like I, because I was just putting. So my my records that I don't let my kids touch are are in red sleeves. Mm-hmm. I put those three. I put those four in red sleeves today. That's why I was like, I don't know if they would. The kids would go for that. They probably shit, won't. You know? But considering they've matter. listened to some of the stuff that. You and I kind of grew up on, and, and maybe even after we were into our twenties and thirties, and they're like, "That's it's, old people music." It's not for me. It's, it's just if if anyone if if they're because I've told them before. I said, "If your friends come over, you guys you guys listen wherever you want, right? Just don't touch anyone's in red." Yeah. So. Yeah, that's it, fair enough. But uh, so speaking of Greta Van Fleet and having to clean records, I was so I I am a very bad <laughs> record collector because I never really clean any of my vinyl. What helps is I buy my stuff from Dearborn Music, which all they stuff, clean it. They before, clean it. Yeah, there. When you buy used vinyl from there, it looks brand new. It does, and I yeah, I've never had an uh, I've never gotten one record from them that was used that was short of good condition, if not mint. Yeah. You know, I I was that's the I forgot I, I picked up uh, Pyromania. Okay, uh, as well um, used. I swear to Christ, this aside from. Maybe just a little bit of wear on the on the on the jacket. Yeah, it, it looks, looks fucking brand new, and and it was seven bucks at Dearborn Music. I mean, you can't fucking beat that. So after the whole Greta Van Fleet thing, I I ordered this Groove Washers kit, mm-hmm. and I listened to another podcast. It's called the Vinyl Guide, and if you're into podcasts, obviously you're listening to this show, right? Uh, and you're into vinyl. Which I hope some people listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> some people just listen to the show for that, that's true. You know, they're gluttons true. for punishment. Uh, check out the vinyl guide because this show he's a, he's from the U.S. but he lives in Australia and he's got a fantastic show. But anyway, he one of his sponsors is Groove Washers, so I'm like, sure, I'll order one of these kits and and check it out. And this stuff is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it was a nice I kit. Mean, you showed it to me. And uh, you know, it, it's for all the reviews. I mean, I I haven't read anything negative about the stuff. Anyway, if you're looking for a good cleaner out there, I've used this stuff and it's awesome. But before I did that, I was like reading around other, you know, 
cleaning issue or clean ways of, of cleaning and things like that. And uh, I came across two that I found somewhat interesting. Mm-hmm. There's one, one I think I might know. I remember seeing it a long time ago. One guy uses a shop vac. Okay, I did so, see that one too. Yeah. So he, he takes a shop vac and he double wraps a microfiber lint-free cloth on the end of it. Uh-huh. And, and I think he just uses distilled water on it and then he vacuums his records. Okay. Which... He says works really good, but man, I'm like, I, I guess if I'm doing something used that is not. really easy to come across, I mean, I, I really maybe not, I, maybe I, I wouldn't really care if I damaged it. But if I'm like, if I'm trying to clean like my everybody by logic, which is extremely rare, right? And really hard to come by, it's and super expensive, re- super expensive if you, if you do find it. And currently, I think it's going for a thousand dollars on discount. Oh wow. Um, you know, I'm not going to use a vacuum, which I can easily scratch the record. I mean, you, you see where I'm going with that? I mean, yeah. I, it just seems like... Just why risk it when you have, yes. when there's, you know, professional types. Yes. Even like kits. the spin cleans and things like that you can buy for Yes, those bucks. those freak me out because they just remind me of like those, those disc grinders. <laughs> I mean, I just, yeah, I just worry about, I'm like... The spin yeah. cleans are supposed to be, I guess they're supposed to be pretty effective. I mean, yeah. I, I, I haven't heard too many bad things about them. I mean, I guess it, it's it's more hand manual, so it's not like electric. And but those disc grinders, man, those are garbage. Yeah. The uh, so the other interesting one I, I saw was uh, was wood glue. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I was. I saw that like seven eight years ago. Yeah, and I'm like, really, that that works? And I'm thinking, that just why would you want to risk that? And I watched a bunch of videos on it, mm-hmm. and I, I, I guess. It seems to work really well. Yeah. But you have to be very careful what kind of glue you use. The glue, and then you have to be very careful not to get any of it on the label. Because it'll tear that label right oh, off yeah, the yeah. record. But, well, I mean, I think that goes without saying, though. I mean, there's. Oh, well, yeah. But uh, I mean, most records have a pretty thick run out groove. Yeah, they which do. Which is the right. groove around the, ra- yeah. the label. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one cool thing about the, the uh, groove washer kit I got. It came with a, a foam cover. It goes over the the record label, yep. so you don't get the record label letter. Uh, but yeah, so the <laughs> I mean, I was reading some of these comments, and people were asking about using Gorilla Glue and things like that. Oh God! Like, <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't use I wouldn't if, even if, use the wood glue. If, I you, would if never you're listening that. to this and you're thinking about doing this, if, if you, you just make, just make sure you never use anything with a high bonding rate, right? Because this is records are polyvinyl chloride. It's PVC. Yes. Okay. Gorilla glue will melt it. It'll melt right into it. Right yeah. to PVC. Yeah. Uh, if you use Gorilla glue on your record, it's it's destroyed. It'll never work. It'll never work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it just so from everything I've seen, people are either recommend using Elmer's glue or Tight Bond Two. That's the one glue. I'm familiar with. Tight Bond Two. Tight Bond Two. I would never. I would never do it. I'm just gonna buy. <laughs> I would rather spend sixty, seventy bucks on a good cleaning kit. And do it that way, then the glue. I'm just, I just, I don't, I don't trust myself, and I don't want to risk any of my records. Yeah, you know, even even the cheap ones. I so would probably cheap. never do it either, but I've seen yeah, there's hundreds of reviews talking about how people yeah. say this is the best way to to, cl- to clean your record. But the, I mean, I mean go it, on YouTube and you can watch the oh, videos of people doing. There's, tons of, there's yeah. tons of videos on YouTube, um, and in. I've also seen people say that they use uh, non-scented hand sanitizer to clean it, but I would not recommend 
that because no. the the chemicals and hand sanitizer, I would assume over time could ruin the the vinyl. I mean, Just uh, I have a titanium ring, and you should see what hands because it corrodes it. It corrodes it. It corrodes mine too. Um, that's why because we have to use it at work all the time. Next and, time you're in a hospital, look at the hands of the of the nurses. Yeah, they're all wearing silicone rings because hand sanitizer corrodes it up a lot. Yeah. And also it peel it makes my skin peel. Yeah, it does. Mine too. Okay. Under the ring? Under the ring. Yep, yep, mine too. So I mean I I mean I I, I would never recommend using hand sanitizer on No. Um I'm assuming there's a certain level of alcohol in the cleaning solution that comes with the kit. Yeah, I don't know. Groove washer doesn't release their ingredients. Their ingredients. Okay. Um so I would imagine that there's a certain level of alcohol maybe there, but hand sanitizer is not no just alcohol it's lotion and aloe and, and yeah, all this that's... other junk and I, I i would i don't know i just i i'm there's a lot of like DIY, diy and home remedy type stuff that people do all the time that work fantastic i don't trust myself to to do it right and i'd yeah. much rather just you know i i swear by groove washer i will never yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, obviously, I shouldn't say never, but as far as I can see, I'll probably never use anything different. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it just. I have I have a cheaper kit that didn't fantastic. come with all that stuff. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the Groove Washer one. All right, I'm yeah. gonna go now, and, and granted, I got the biggest kit they had. I want to say. Uh, Did you say it was like sixty five bucks or something like that? Yeah. So it, and I know, like right now, uh, Vinyl Guide. We're running a promo through his show. If you do. Vinyl Guide 10, uh-huh. you get 10% off your order. Oh, that's not bad. So, so, so I might, un- I might listen to the promo through a <laughs> right. commercial. But uh, the, uh, going back to the wood glue real quick, uh-huh. the only thing I can see as really a downside to that is, and it's got to be a time-consuming process. It does look like it. I mean, it, it's you obviously... Put, you smooth all the glue on there, and then you've got to let it... 24 hours. Yeah, you got to let it dry yeah. until it's, like, clear, and then you peel it off. But, man, it... it they they say it pulls up everything off the record. Yeah. They said it, it 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 clears out all the pops and hisses and everything on the record. That's what I know. The the, the videos I've watched, they do like a before and after yeah. with the record, and, and it, it does awesome. sound better. Absolutely. Like I said, may, maybe I'll, I'll consider trying it on a like you said a, ch- a cheap record that I know I can pick up. Yeah. You know. Um. I mean, great. I have two copies of Brain Salad Surgery now. I have the original pressing and I have the remaster. I am going to give it to you. Maybe I'll do the great wood glue on it first and see how it works. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll get a really clean pressing if it works good. So um, we'll see. But anyway, uh, to, to kind of move along a little bit, I, mean, there's a, I want to talk about things that are coming out in, in the month of May. Because surprisingly enough, with Record Store Day just a couple, month, couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of stuff coming out. There are. From the so I go to I don't remember the name of the website I probably should wrote it down but there's one website I go to that like lists everything coming out and for the month of May there are a total of 626 releases really yeah um, I mean there's probably one two three four five six there's probably like I was, I'm ten or eleven that I that I was gonna say maybe less for me but... I would think would, would be notable to me right um, so May third I'll just kind of break go down week by week so mm-hmm. May third which is, uh, it'll be two days after this is uploaded. Yeah, so two days before. Did I say two? Yeah, two. Okay, two days. I don't know what two I said. Okay. Or tomorrow, um, as as of recording. Right. Uh, so May third, you get uh, Imagine Dragons, 
Night Visions, which is, it's been released before, but they're releasing a Lavender reissue, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got uh, Thick as a Brick, Live in Iceland, coming out. Uh, it's an old release. I don't know why that's street being re-released. It has been released on vinyl. Yeah. Is it? Well, yeah. They're, they're re-releasing it then. Okay. Um, and really, because when I looked up, I couldn't find it on vinyl at all. I just haven't bought it because I've got the Blu-ray of it. Um, gotcha. Video, so I, you know, for what it's worth, Ian Anderson's voice isn't that great. It's not bad for, for where it is, but, uh, and it's a really good show, but I didn't need both the Blu-ray and the uh, uh, so, yeah, vinyl, they're so. re-releasing that, uh, and then they're releasing uh, Many Faces of Prince, which is a various artist's tribute type tribute thing. Album, okay, yeah. yeah. So that comes out. So there's 144 releases coming out uh, May 3rd. Uh, May 10th, there's 202 releases, which is actually a lot for the month. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's the highest for the month. And it's got one I've already pre-ordered. It is plus 44. Uh, when Your Heart Stops Beating, which is a fantastic album. If you're a Blink-182 fan, right. it's two of the three members of Blink-182. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've already got that on pre-order. Uh, Hums, You Prefer an Astronaut. is re- <laughs> I'll be picking that up. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to pay a lot less than what but, I paid for right, my right. Yeah. which I just bought mine, what, a month ago? It, it wasn't that long ago, yeah. A month and a half ago. Yeah, I, I, I paid a lot more than I probably should have. But you didn't think this was going to happen. I mean, no, I, I didn't understand. think they were going to. No, and and, uh, and they're re, they're reissuing it on green vinyl and on this really cool looking gray vinyl too. Hmm. So, and I think if you go to is it RCT or SRT something like that, it's, it's three initials. It's a mm-hmm. it's an online uh, record store. You can pre order it through there for like twenty five bucks. And a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll wait and see if Dearborn has that much. I kind of want to. A lot of this stuff, I'd like to try and. Uh, promote the brick and mortar stores, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, before yeah, they're yeah. online. There's, there's a lot of like exclusive stuff that you can only get online. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say I paid like close to like seventy some dollars for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> and, Good job. And, and mine's the like 2000. That's like a 2013 reissue. Oh, really? Yeah, so it wasn't even their, like a, well, they probably didn't press it on vinyl. They did. Oh, did they? Yeah. What year was that? 95? Ninety five. Yeah, I guess it. I mean, they were still pressing yeah. some things on vinyl. Uh, May seventeenth, there's ninety eight releases coming out. It's uh, not not there's not a whole lot. I, they got the Hang Ups, which is the Gold reissue by Goldfinger. Okay, which is a pretty good album if you're a Goldfinger fan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a Place in the Sun by Lit. I don't know if you remember Lit. Like I remember them. I just I don't 90s. remember liking them. That, yeah, much. that album was pretty good for. I mean, it was like the only album of theirs that actually was pretty, pretty decent. Right. Um, May 24th, you got uh, 96 releases coming out that day, you get or that week. You get uh, the whole Steve Miller Band catalog, looks like. Coming out really? Out. Yeah. I'm not a big Steve Miller Band fan, Neither but, you know, it'd be interesting. I, I I don't even think I'd ever own any of them, but, you know. No. I, I mean, I b- almost bought a couple of them used. And then Stray Cat's new album, which is called 40, it's uh, celebrating their 40th anniversary. And it's new material? Yeah, or? it's all new. Oh, wow. New album. So I'd be interested. I might yeah. give it a listen just yeah. to see before I buy it, though. I'll check that out. Um, and then May 31st, you get 86 releases coming out that day. You get uh, Tenderness by Duff McKagan. I don't know if it's a reissue or... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we've seen that in this catalog before. I don't know if it's, if it's new material or not. Hmm. That's coming out that day. And then Cracked Review by Hootie uh, the Blue. Yeah, I was never big on Hootie and the Blowfish. I don't mind those kind of like, um, I don't know what you'd even call them. Collard Rock is well, what I call it. 
Yeah, college rock or like singer songwriter rock kind of thing. That like the Counting the Counting Crows is. I mean, Counting Crows transcends all that oh, yeah. anyway. But um, when I say college rock, that's the kind of stuff I think. Yeah, Hootie the Blowfish, Dave Matthews exactly. Band. Yeah. Um, I was never a big fan. Yeah. To be honest with you. So yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely some stuff that I'm gonna try to be picking up. Obviously, I've got my plus one four pre-rolls. Right. I'd have to go through the list and see. I, I mean, there's probably you probably know my taste and would have mentioned anything like you did the tone thing because you're probably not gonna buy that ice line. No, I think it's been fine. Um, but as far as like interesting things I found this month, I don't know if, 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 if you. I haven't come across anything overly exciting. I mean, I've, like I said, I picked up quite a few records this past month for me a lot. You know. <laughs> I bought like fifteen records this month. Which... I'll tell you, prefaced it by saying for me. Right. Well, I mean, you you've bought fifteen records in a sitting, and I usually buy like two or three. I bought I fifteen think, as this month. I don't month. think I've ever bought fifteen in one sitting. Yeah, maybe you've not. Been pretty, Eight uh, to ten. I know you bought ten. I probably bought because you bought twelve or thirteen. You bought ten when we went out to Third Man. You bought ten records that day, and I bought because I bought eight. Um, but I think I bought like fifteen this this whole through the course of April, yeah. which is for me a lot, really. A lot, yeah. um, I'm a collector, and I'm gonna I continue to go and buy, but I'm also very frugal with my money. I don't like spending it. <laughs> I like spending it on stuff like that. I just feel like I don't know. I've like buyer's remorse no matter what I buy. I have buyer's remorse when I go to the fucking fast food restaurant. Well, yeah. Oh. It's just, it's, I've been I'm, poor. I'm, I'm glad I don't have that kind yeah, of Yeah, I've been poor most of my life, so when now having money, I don't want to, yeah. you know. I, I know, I, you. I know. You know what I mean? My wife will probably kill me this year if I'm on the show. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show, does she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she probably uh, does. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she'll, she'll hear that and just go, yep, I probably shouldn't listen yeah. to I probably shouldn't find out. There, oh, uh, yeah, especially when she hears I spent like 70 some dollars on one record. One record. Uh, I, I did find a couple of interesting things. Um, so I like one of my guilty pleasures is musically is White Lion. I don't know. Why, oh yeah, but I'm a big White Lion fan. But mine's, I, mine's Europe. Okay, so I found Big Game, which was more, their like third. Is that the big one with uh, When the Children Cry or whatever? No, that was Pride. Okay, so, so Big Game came out after that. So, uh, so Pride was their second album. And then Big Game was third. Third, okay. And the main attraction came on after that. So I found I found an original pressing from 1989 mm-hmm. of Big Game, and I thought it was in excellent condition. The cover on it looks awesome. There was like one little bend on the corner. Right. I mean, other than that, it, it's great. Um, I also found a, and we were just talking about this, an original pressing of 1984. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I got mine from Dearborn Music, and that's the same thing. Yeah, but that's a great copy. And then I picked up. Kind of blue by Miles Davis, and, and it's is it used? No, no, brand new. It, it is. If you haven't listened, if you haven't heard Kind of Blue, and you're a jazz fan, you got to check it out. It's an absolutely fantastic album. But anyway, I picked up the twenty. What's that? In the silent way, the the article I printed out uh, has mentions for your quote unquote notes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Miles Davis record in a short way. I just I was. Curious because I knew it was on the, on the in the notes, but I wasn't okay. sure if it was that one. But uh, it, so yeah, it, it kind, kind of blue is a fantastic album. Actually, Coltrane's on too. Okay. Uh, so I got the the 2013 mono version. Okay. And so I've been trying to find a good copy of this used mm. for a while, and every time I come across one, it's really fucking expensive. Mm. A lot more than stereo I want or mono or just in general. Either or, either or. Didn't, I didn't really care. So I got this mono version, and I got it at a really great price. And I got home, and I so I cataloged all my vinyl on 
Discogs, yeah. And if you go to... And I'm going to eventually. If you go to discogs.com slash user slash nickfollower11, you can see all my articles yeah. on it. But anyway, so I go on there and catalog it, and I'm looking at it, and this thing is going for like four times what I paid for it. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I was like, no, I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah. That was a great find. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's... I'm That's the kind of stuff... For, for example, I mean... That best of blues that I got from Third Man, I consider that a great find. Because yeah. you're not going to find that in your no. music. That's a Third Man exclusive. And there's so much good stuff on there that I didn't even know about. Because oh, yeah. I'm familiar with Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. not familiar with a lot of these other artists on there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's kind of what, you know, that would be that would be my big find. But I, that was back in what, March when we went? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So. I mean, I, saw, I get it. I'm more the blues. You're more the jazz. I get. It's yeah. just kind of. I'm kind of noticing a bit more. Yeah. And, and so I, real quick, I didn't have this in my notes. I wasn't really planning on talking about this, but I went to Dearborn Music. So every Sunday morning, they re, they release all their like new used stuff for that yeah. week. So I really and they put out a video Saturday night of what was going to be out the next day. So I saw the video. And there really wasn't anything I saw that really caught my eye. But I was like, yeah, you know what. I haven't really been out there since before record store day for, for their Sunday releases. So I was screw it, I'm just going to go out there. Mm-hmm. So I get there, and I went there by myself. Normally I take Jack or, or one of the other kids with me. But I get there early, and I pull in the parking lot, and it's like 20 minutes before the open. And we have a guy that, that some of us refer to as the collector. Okay. Is this the guy you told me about? He just walks he and grabs everything? He goes in there and grabs everything he can find that has a name to it, basically. Yeah. And I found out why he does this. So this guy, he comes from Canada. And he's got a buddy that owns a record store over there. Oh. So what he do, what he does is he finds all this stuff that he can trade for credit to get other stuff at his store. Yeah, but that's that's kind of like insulting the people who are there really trying to get collect, yeah, so, collect stuff. So know? I saw, and he was he was the first person in line. I was like, son of a bitch. So I I was second in line. So I I I, I went through there. And I found a couple of things. I found that that 1984. I thought I got a. Uh, a used uh, reissue copy of Jagged Little Pill. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple things I saw him pick up in his stack. I was like, shit, he got to it before I did. And uh, and he managed to, like, everything I wanted, he put back. So he goes, he gets his stack, he goes over in the corner and kind of sorts through them, figures out what he wants to keep, what he wants to put back, and then he goes and puts the stack back in the, in the used bin. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he put back was a reissue of Master of Puppets. Which oh I bought that too. I forgot. I, yeah, I just picked that up too. So yeah. But I got I got it new. What'd you pay for it? Um it was the last day of twenty percent off sale, so it was eleven dollars. Okay, yeah. And it being the repressing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hundred and eighty gram. Yeah. Yep. Um well I paid full price because I got it brand new, but um I forgot I meant I forgot about that one too. So, so yeah, I, I thought that was pretty sweet grabbing that. Mm-hmm. I got uh I did get uh Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest hits. Okay. I got. Uh, I really want to get Blood Sugar Sex Magic on vinyl. I, when I've seen it, it's been more than I want to pay. That's for why it. I don't have it yet. Either. And, 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 and Red Hot Chili Peppers, I mean, they're a really great band, but they've got a couple of albums that have like one or two like right. really fucking good songs on and them. Nothing else. Yeah. yeah so that's why. Well, like, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is more of like a nostalgia thing. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be because that was the first one that I was aware of. It might be their first album. I don't no, know. it's not their first. No, album. it's not. But. Was, high, oh, yeah, because they go back higher, to, like, 87. Yeah, higher Ground came out before that. I don't yeah, know what album um, was on. <coughs> so, yeah, I mean, I uh, it's definitely one that I would 
I want to get for the nostalgia point. And it's a good album. Blood Sugar Sex Magic is a fantastic album yeah. across the board anyway. But um, I, I don't think I'll be going and buying all of their records. But no, that, that would definitely be one. I would. Californication maybe too. And what's the other one? Red Hot Minute or something like that? I don't remember that one, but California. That was the one with, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I saw it's, I found some decent stuff out there. Mm -hmm. this time, yeah. Definitely the, the Miles Davis one was pretty sweet. Yeah. Because that's something I've been looking for for a while. Like those said, are the, those are the finds that make, even, you know, I mean, you go, you collect, you're, you're picking up stuff, you're like, oh yeah, I get Beatles, I get Metallica, whatever. When you get those, those are the special ones. Those are really the ones that make the, the whole collecting fun. Yeah, it's like when exciting. I got my... You know, when you find that, that one, you're oh man, I've been looking for this. And, it was yeah. the same thing with when I when I got the uh, Coltrane Live of Birdland. Yeah. yeah. That was something... I remember I been, you, were, you were really you were geeked about that one. Yeah, but that was something... I mean, I've been look, I'd looked at in, in, you know, record, uh, record shows and all sorts of different stuff and looking for it. And whenever I found it, it was like... $80 plus. I'm like, yeah, that's a great album, but I don't want to pay that kind of money for it. Right. And I end up get, getting the repressing off of off of eBay for like 25 bucks or something. Hmm. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess that brings us to our last topic. Now right. now which was supposed to be like our main topic, I think. Right? Now we're into the show. Yeah. Uh, well, which, we can get through this pretty quick. I mean, like I said, my notes are summarized. Yeah. So. Uh, so are mine. And mine are all written by me. Yeah. So hey, I, I took the time to print these, and, and I kind of—I guess it kind of what we were just talking about flows into this. It does. It it's does, the, yeah. the the so there's an argument out there that's you know some people are really big into original pressings, and some people are really big into reissues. Mm -hmm. I think I've told the story on 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 the show before that I was at the record store one one Sunday morning, and I was skip you know skipping through the records. And there were, I got there a little later. I mean, I, I got there before the open, but there was still probably Five, ten people in right yeah, not that many. Maybe three or four people had me. Um, so there was a guy that. Uh, so I, I was looking for Joshua Tree mm -hmm. by YouTube, and I skip it through. I was like, sweet, found it was an original process. And well, but just before I found that, I had happened to look across a guy that had already gone through there, and he was skipping. You know, short, this, short this is the collector guy we were talking about a few minutes ago. Right? I don't know if he if it was him or if it was no, it was it was I think it was somebody, somebody else. else. Okay. Uh, but because it, it was another guy and his brother and his son that were there, and so he's sorting through, and he had a reissue, of a hundred eighty gram reissue of Joshua Tree, mm -hmm. also he, a used copy. Just yes, yes, yeah. they're both used copies, and mine was an original pressing. Mm -hmm. And he looks over, and he and his son goes, "Oh man, there's another one." And he looks over, and he's like, "Oh man, that's an original pressing." Mm -hmm. And I had it in my hand, and uh, he looks over, and he goes, "Hey." Uh, are you? Do you have your heart set on that original pressing? And I was like, no, not really. I and mean, it really doesn't matter to me. He was like, hey, if I give you this reissue, can I have the the original pressing? Mm -hmm. I was like, shit, yeah, here you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I, I mean, I, I I see the value in both of them, but I'm not somebody that's like, no, I can only get the right. the original pressings, and or no, I can only get the reissues, because there's people. That's, out there I, that, I'm I'm a, I'm kind of across the board. Especially after now reading this article, I mean, there's there's benefits and, and downfalls to both sides of it. So it's like, yeah, oh yeah. you know, um, for me, it's just a matter of the material, whatever whatever's on it, yeah. the music that you know that it is. Because um, there's some things I'm never going to be able to get reissued of ever. No. And then there's some things that 
were never pressed, so I can only get reissues. So it's like it just doesn't. Or matter. the or the cost of the original is too high. It's so high, right? Because I've seen things that's like, and I think they do a lot with Beatles stuff. You know, I've seen just your basic, you know, second pressing of the White Album go for sixty some dollars, right, or seventy dollars. And I'm like, yeah, but I can buy the the repressing of it. For for half of that, right? You know, and mono, bucks. surprisingly, mono generally goes for more than the stereo version, yeah. which I don't understand. But well, I like, know there's I know there's a mono market out there. There is, and yeah. then and then you, you know, I don't I don't have a big issue one way or another with with yeah. stereo. I, I get stereo just because I I have a big stereo and I, I it makes sense for me to have stereo. Yeah, but you, the sound quality is probably going to be the same. The sound quality is, but you do get that that. Back and forth, well, you know, which yeah, is what you're, stereo you're is. You're right. You're right. You're gonna lose any any panning, right? You which know? I get, and the way I've got it set up in my house, it's you know it, it flows well okay. when you have it stereo. If I would, if I had a sub like yours, yeah, it wouldn't fucking matter. So I mean, if you listen, and I will to, eventually, but it doesn't matter. If you listen to like some old Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of their stuff, you know, the first, you know, definitely with Piper, anything that Sid Barrett was on, they they use a lot of hard panning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so that you would lose, obviously, lose that. In a mono pressing, yeah, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, for the most part, the same volumes, the same sound is coming. Through oh yeah, I mean, for most, that's why I said. I mean, there's time. some people who are like purists, though. There's there's stereo purists, the mono purists. Oh, yeah. I just I'm not purist. I just you know. But you figure anything that was pressed before what sixty three is mono is is going to be mono, mono. right? It's all mono, and pretty much anything pressed from like sixty nine to the downfall of vinyl is probably stereo. Anyway. Stereo. So I mean, yeah, that maybe that's why because I just kind of everything was always stereo growing yeah. up, you know. And my my dad always had, you know, a, a setup, a stereo setup that worked better for stereo. And same with um, yeah. my mom's second husband, my step second stepdad, my first stepdad. He uh, uh, he actually was the one who kind of I would say is kind of an influence in a sense on yeah. my vinyl because his vinyl collection was fantastic. It was yeah. huge. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he didn't, and he would not buy, even if he liked the artist, he wouldn't buy anything that was made after 1979. Really? With with maybe one or two exceptions, Pink Floyd being one of them. Um, he thought music didn't matter who the artist was. No music is going to be as good as anything they made before 1979. This is really weird. It, yeah, I, I mean, some... you know, granted, I he may have changed his view over the years, um, but I don't. I, mean, I, I can I, think of some like incredible albums that were made before 1979. Well, I mean, he's a lot older than us, so, I mean, it's, you know. But, yeah, but he should know that... Well, I, I'm because curious, because... Um, <laughs> he was alive when this stuff was originally coming out, so you right. should know that. Well, like I said, there were some exceptions to the rule, but, um, I mean, because he had to get police, which was, some of that was in the 80s. Yeah. Um, he actually liked Dokken, which I like too. We got a little bit of that. Oh, you said after '79. After '79. Oh, I thought you said before '79. Okay, no, so like Alice uh, Cooper, he only had he would only really that's really strange. He, he had up to Alice Cooper goes to hell, and he refused to buy anything after that. Really? Yep. And um, same well Zeppelin. Okay, I don't yeah. Remember. So that's that's what yeah Zeppelin. And, but I mean, say that being said, he had a huge fucking collection of records. Huh. That's really strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After '79, yeah, there's definitely some. Oh yeah, I mean. Of course. I mean, Springsteen was another one. I think he had some stuff after, obviously. Um, I know he had this, uh, had the E Street Band live box set that came out back then. It was huge. Um, And then some Pink Floyd stuff, like uh, that live album. 
Delicate Samba Thunder. Delicate Thunder, yeah, and all that. So, I mean, he Which did... Is, I, I need to pick that up. Yeah. I, I want to get Momentary Lapse to Reason, because I do remember liking that album a lot. And Division Bell's coming out. We are shooting that. Yeah, it's $60 soon. if you want. It, why? They're not releasing just a regular... Just the, I'm not spending sixty bucks on it. It's, it's a good album. I'm not spending that much. At on least it. that's all I've seen is just the. Because what I saw in the article was just the. It was the record. It was nothing. It wasn't okay. a box set. So, or so maybe they are. Well, no, it, it's. It's just the record, but I've seen it's it's on blue vinyl. I'm yeah. I went. Who's going to spend sixty dollars just for blue vinyl? There are people out there that do it. <laughs> I'm not me, um, but anyway, uh, I forgot where we were going with that. Oh, no. oh, just stereo and, and mono. That's what we were talking about. But anyway, back to the difference between original press. And well, I was going to say, you know, one of the one of the things I think of that's a, a positive for the issues uh-huh. is if you're getting an album, and we've talked about, I know we've talked about this before. If you're getting a if you're getting a record that's like twenty plus minutes on one side, the audio is condensed. Yeah. So, and that's why if you're if you look at if you look at the original pressing of Appetite for Destruction, it's on one disc, right? Because everything was back because unless yeah. it was and full uh, legitimately a double album, yes. But and then you look at the repressing of Appetite, and it's on two discs, right? Because the audio is not compressed, right? So it, it's I think it's got a better sound to it. Some of the some of the repressings in that instance. In the sense, though, like this article points out that with reissues, be careful of um, where it's sourced. Well, where it's sourced, too. Um, it says, good record labels will always strive to use the best analog source, meaning original the original master tapes. Yeah. A lot of, or some of them will use the CDs. Yes, and that's it's funny you mentioned that, because I actually got that on my note, too, because yeah. you got to be careful with, if you see... If you're seeing like something rare, like oh shit, you know this this came out in like eighty two, eighty three, and I've never seen it on vinyl before. You know, if if it's like pressed in Czechoslovakia or something like that, they're probably taking a seat. Actually, what they're doing is it's it's a digital conversion from a vinyl rep is what it is. Right. They're probably they probably have it on vinyl. They've ripped it onto a CD or digi- into a digital, digital form, format, yeah. and then they're gonna. Press vinyl off of that digital form, right? Which, which if they're doing that, sound, it's gonna be shit. It's yeah, that's like what garbage. it even says in this article. It says you're you're gonna hear a noticeable yes difference in in the quality of music when yeah. it's done. So yeah, be, and it says careful. even look out for just anything on an analog record. Analog records are analog. Anything on a record that says digital, uh, unless it's well, that's remastered. Not that's not true it's because, because everything nowadays, everything for the past, anything that's been pressed on vinyl, most things. I shouldn't say everything. Most everything that's been pressed on vinyl in the past fifteen years mm. is digital. Digital, it's all digital masters. But it's still masters. I think they're, they're pointing out that difference between using CDs as a master. Well, there, well there's or, yeah, okay, okay. There's a big difference between a CD master and a digital master, right? Because and and I've read articles before that even say that between digital mastering and and analog mastering, there's a sound difference. Yeah. Well, there's some people who, who will never let go of the analog master. Jack White. Jack White, yeah, need, everything he does. Everything and that's is why, analog. That's why I retract my statement and right. said most things. So, so, but, so yeah, there's, but there's definitely a difference between CD mastering and, and digital, right, just right. to clarify. Um, but uh, I, I know there's not a sound quality there, at least from everything I've read, but I do like the thickness 
of 180 grand. It just feels more durable to it me. It does, and I I agree with that. I for me though, it's weird. Whenever I pull out one of my old records, ones that are used or that are you know yeah. were pressed in the 80s or whatever, there's because they're so thin, and it could just be because of the contrast between the 180 gram and what those were probably like 120 or whatever. Yeah, 120 probably. Um, it's weird. There's a there's a I don't know. It's it. I I like that. I like that thinness to them because it just it just reminds me of when I was a kid. And that's yeah. what they were like. Um, and whereas 180 gram just feels new, as you know, more so than uh, physically. I'm not talking like sound of any you know sound quality is is completely. I'm talking just the, the feel the of feel, the record yeah. in my hand. You know, when I pull it out of the sleeve and it, it's just you know. There's something weird about that 120 that I like, but I understand why they do 180 yeah. and why it's a better, better way to go as far as durability. Yeah, I think, but there's no sound. No, but, there, but I mean, the some people say, well, you know, the grooves are a little deeper, so you get a better sound. That's I was gonna sound. say. I was gonna say. I don't think they are though. They're probably not. The the, the no. grooves aren't gonna be. I think the grooves are the same depth. They probably have to be because otherwise you like have a, to adjust your, the weight. When you do, if you did have a weighted needle, a weighted guess, arm, maybe. you'd have to adjust your weight every time you change the record. Maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, but uh, going along the lines of well, thickness of the album, I was going to bring it up a little later, but uh, I was going to talk about. I've never held one of what of the oh, oh. just trying oh. to get there. <laughs> Sorry, I was. I've never held one, but the RCA Dynaflex records, uh-huh. which. Are supposed to have a really like superior sound quality to them. This yeah. article questions that. Oh, really? Yeah. Because uh, go ahead and talk I, about I, it. Every, every, talk, everything I've read about it, they said because they said they've got a better sound quality because the thinness of the record, RCA used virgin vinyl to press them. According to this, they did not. It was kind of a a, a gimmick. A, a not well, a gimmick, but also. Um, I'll just read this. It's it's like two paragraphs. Uh, the '70s still produced great records. But the global energy crisis impacted the way vinyl was manufactured. The music industry relied heavily on expensive petroleum for vinyl production. As a result, most labels cut costs by reducing the thickness and quality of their materials. Rather than using only virgin vinyl, they now began adding recycled scraps. Mm -hmm. The center labels were removed from old records, and the vinyl was then melted down and reused. Bits of paper were sometimes embedded in and around the edges. Uh, these wobbly new platters. RCA Records branded these as Dynaflex, citing innovation in vinyl production. But it was mostly an sure. attempt. That's just I'm just telling you what this article says. But it was mostly an attempt to put a, a positive spin on a flimsier product. Okay, well Dynaflex so RCA started making Dynaflex records in the mid '60s. Okay, I'm just like I said, I'm just going embargo, by what this rock and they started. stopped making and, and they actually they phased them out in like '70 and six. Sorry, they phased them out in like 73 or 74 and stopped making them all together in like 78 or 79. Okay, well, that would go in time. It does say there's a, a verdict on each one of these. Um, it says, uh, so yeah, I would, I would argue against that. It says, if you're interested in digging a bit deeper, just Google Dynaflex and prepare for a nerd fight. So apparently there's a lot of debate there. Okay. So, so it, does, it I, does say there's a fight there. Okay, there's, so because I've... Read about Dynaflex before, yeah. It's not. It had nothing to do with with the oil embargo. It was well, just in general, the the reduction of quality and it, the way this talks about it, it's like they're just spinning it to make it sound. Oh, well, yeah, it's thinner, but there's a better, you know, whatever. It helped RCA sell them, sell Dynaflex mm. during the oil embargo. But yeah, that it was 
They were already in the process of phasing it out at that point. Right. Okay. Well, I'm just like I said, I'm just going by what this article said about it. So. Um, but yeah, it, as far as like going back to what I was talking to a couple minutes ago about the the pros of, of reissues, I also I, I, I probably the biggest thing for me in generally if it's like just like a casual album. I tend to go more towards the original pressings. Uh-huh. But the one thing that kind of steers me towards reissues a little bit more in, in a lot of instances is, is the gatefold. The packaging, yeah. yeah. Well, because they, they're usually special editions or... Well, they've got to be... So the, the gatefold has to be bigger to accommodate no, the 180 grain. True, true. So I think it looks better on a shelf. Well, because you get the, the bigger spine. Yes. The, you know, more legible spine, yes. for sure. Oh, and, so that makes sense, yeah. So yeah, because a lot of the like used stuff I've got, like I've got some like used, uh, I think my used Pyromania, my used high and my used high and dry for sure has some tears on the spine. Side, spine, which is so, that's the most common place you're going to get wear and yeah. tear for some reason. I don't know why. Just, it's a seam split. It's but, a seam split, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you don't really get those with the with the reissues. Hmm. So that's something that kind of, like I said before, it also looks good on a shelf. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I noticed that with my Alice Coopers because I've got pretty much all of those are now um, reissues. Uh, with only two exceptions, actually, and those were two that will never be reissued, unfortunately. Which, um, which two? Constrictor and Razor Fist. You know, they were MCA records. Uh, it was the only two you made with MCA records. What do I? Then you might reissue them. Yeah, it's up to. Does MCA even exist anymore? Somebody has them. Somebody. Somebody ha- owns the. Owns the, the license for the that. License. I guess it would be up to him. I guess too, to some degree. I'm sure if, he owns. If he owns the rights to it, I would assume he does. Well, you don't always know that. That's true. Well, him and Warner Brothers, at least up to '83, own the um, record rights. But anyway, um, yeah. But anyway, having all those records, there's 25 records there. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a huge difference between the two that are not. Yeah. You know. And, Spine-wise. Two OPs. Yes. So. But, uh, I mean, it's, like, I don't know. It, it, vinyl, as far as, like, original pressings go, I mean, it's just, if you're getting something from, like, pre-early 70s, it's going to be, for the most part, it's going to have, I think, a superior sound. That's what this article starts out by saying. Anything pre-70s is your best bet. And do you know why that is? No. Because... Before like the early seventies, vinyl was it. No, that's uh, yeah. So you know, so that's what this article says. If you're a record company and you're and you're, you know, competing for every last dollar you get. Did you read this article? You may have read this article. No, I didn't. Because I think that's you're almost um, verbatim. Verbatim what they were saying. That's funny. Uh, But you know, companies are fighting it out, and I think they're put they're putting putting. Money into the in, in the quality of the record, mm-hmm. and I think it shows if you listen to a lot of the yeah. stuff. Yeah, let me read this. Just so, uh, the the headline is "Are original pressings better?" Short answer: Yes, they are, with some notable exceptions. Records that predate the '70s are generally a bit a safe bet. Vinyl was the only music music format available, so record labels competed for consumer dollars. That's awesome. This ensured consistency <laughs> in the quality of the LPs and 45s made during this period. It was pressed before, if it was pressed before the '70s. Quality will likely not disappoint. Well, I mean, I, I and that's essentially what you just said. That's yeah, pretty much. So. Well, that's uh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, it's, it makes sense though. You think about it, because they're 
there are no eight tracks or cassettes or CDs or anything right. that the record companies are also putting their money into. It was only vinyl. Yeah. Well, it was it. I mean, that was. I think that was the only medium you could get. Well, maybe reel to reel, but no, who, no one, no, no one was doing, no one that. Was doing that, at that, at that time. So, I mean, even that was more of a seventies, almost. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, fad, reel to reel. But it. Uh, I, I, so I think you probably get a better consistency. I would say out of out of a lot of those records from that era. Also, there's not a lot that I would buy pre. In the '60s and you know, say pre-'70s though, other than the the blue stuff that I like, Beatles yeah. stuff, Stone stuff. <laughs> the the original pressings are so expensive though. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. just gonna buy reissue, which according to this, I mean, reissue is still better than anything in the '70s and '80s, but yeah, theoretically, I, 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 would, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, I, I guess the other thing is probably, you know. Like I said before, if it's kind of like a casual thing, I'll kind of lean towards an original pressing. Because mm-hmm. it's or, or, generally or maybe, maybe And maybe not an original pressing. You go for the early, cheaper. An early pressing. Right. Or a cheaper, it, the cheaper of the two. Well, it's not really about the dollars with me, though. It's like, but if it's casual, is what I'm saying. If casually, you can pick up a, an original pressing or a second pressing or whatever, and it's $35, or you can buy the reissue, which is $22. Okay, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's... If it's just a casual thing, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. But it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's like there's a history to the original pressing. You know, it's, and I don't know a lot That's, of people. Yeah. A, a lot of people probably don't, you know, think of it like that. But it's like, you know, when I hold when I hold something, it's like, look, I can hold this record that was pressed, you know, forty years ago. It's like, man, just think of all the people that, That's, you know, yeah, that these this record has passed through their hands. Right, they've sat down and how many and, hours of enjoyment has this yeah, record? This 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 very, particular record yeah. given somebody. And I think that's kind of it's kind of cool to think of it that way. It's like, you know, especially like older stuff from like the you know late sixties, early seventies. I've got some original pressing door stuff from the late sixties. Right, and uh, it's like, man, <laughs> think of all the joints this thing has been sitting, <laughs> right. sitting in front how many, of. It. Yeah, how many how many uh, high high nights have gone yeah, by yeah. with this record on being played? Yeah, someone put on the soft braid, man. Just just well, I mean, it, away. you could probably get the resin off the fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know sleeve or whatever. So I don't know. It's like like you said, there there. I think there's pros and cons to to both of them. I think I don't know. I just don't lean one way or another. Really. And I don't either. Like I said, it, it's certain some, things. Some people live by it though. Certain things, certain artists, um, and really, it's it's not even about the artists. It's about where where I'm starting out by collecting. So, I had to. I got a lot of my Jethro Tulls from my dad. He did not take very good care of them yeah. in the back in the day. Um, a lot of people when, when, when he was teen. You know, we're talking his teenage years. So they're not in the best shape. They're they're scratched. They're they're worn. They're not they're not in good shape. As a result, I would go buy it back and would want to buy these records, yeah. used or not, just new, better versions, better copies than what I have. But they're also re-releasing them. They're reissuing them with um, additional tracks. No, not on the vinyl. The vinyls are all just the original track, oh, are they? track listing. Yeah, but the versions of the songs are remixed. They're remixed oh, okay, and updated um, by Steve Wilson. So there's a benefit to that. You're getting a better kind of a I don't know if I'd say cleaner mix. In some cases, um, you're hearing things better than you did before. Oh, yeah. In some cases, I think he made some mistakes, but gotcha. um, 
That's just me personally. Other than that, that's what's available. I could go back and buy all those used cheap too. But since they're being reissued in new packaging with booklets, you know, yeah. de describing the album and everything and talking about the whole process. I mean, these books are, are and a lot of artists very, that also. Yeah, very um, informative in terms of even stuff I didn't know about the time the, the time this album was made. Yeah. Um, with all the band members at the time, and it's really really good. So there's no point in buying the used ones when the, when that's available. Yeah. Same with the Alice Coopers. There's some of those Alice Coopers that I would have been hard pressed to find, but since they've reissued them, I'm getting them. And then once you start getting these reissues, you want all of them to be reissued. You want to to, to have this complete the set. Complete the set exactly. So with Alice Cooper and Jethro Tull, that's how it's gone. Yeah. Um, Black Sabbath, same thing. I hadn't started buying the Black Sabbath stuff until recently, and it was all re it was all reissued anyway. So you, know, <coughs> you buy one reissue, you might as well buy them all. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm the same way. I, with all the, I've got almost all of. Pink Floyd's catalog reissued, and I bought all the, the all of my reissues. Yeah, the, the 2017 reissues, and actually the couple that I had were, that were older pressings I gave you when I got the reissue. Right, so um, Dark Side of the Moon, you can like throw a stone and hit a, a copy of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the downfall or benefit to selling so many copies in the first place. Yeah, but uh, but as far as that goes, yeah, it's like if it's not reissued, I'm I and I want it, I'm going to buy it used. Yeah. If it is, I'll you know, depending on the cost, if it's a casual, I'll go with whatever the cheaper option is. Yeah. That's that's Pyromania. I think Pyromania has been reissued, hasn't it? I know uh, Hysteria has. So But they, if I find they, a used they, copy of Hysteria, I'm gonna buy the used copy. They were reissued in a box, box set. set. I don't think I know Hysteria has been released individually, but individually. It, that's, I don't I think, think the other that, ones have though. Because if I because if I if I can find a, a reissued copy of Pyromania, I will uh -huh. probably buy it. See, just yeah. because my gatefold, I mean the the not gatefold, the, the, the sleeve, the or sleeve whatever. looks yeah. like shit. Okay, my sleeve looks really good, and so that's I'm gonna keep my eyes open because hysteria and high and dry. I want to get, but I'm gonna buy new yeah. I don't have any reason. It's Def Leppard. They're a good band up to 1987. After that, after that, man. Yeah. I mean, Adrenalize was okay, yeah. but it was, yeah, but um. There's for me. There's it's three albums. There's no point. I already have one. There's no point in getting yeah. the other two reissued and or even getting Hysteria reissued. Just get the original copies and be done with it. And I don't think it'd be terribly expensive. I haven't looked, but no. um, I'm sure a copy will fly through Dearborn Music eventually. Eventually, especially so, so. now that because now that that other one's available. Yeah. So. I don't know, kids. That's a that's all I got yeah. for the for the big vinyl episode. Yeah, it's tonight. a big one too. <laughs> We're running almost a, yeah, almost an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know anything else to add there. Either? No, I think that's about it, really. All right. Well, yeah. well, any questions or comments, you can email us at uh, lifeinjournalpod at gmail .com. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, follow us on uh, Podbean and iTunes and Spotify and everything else. Sounds like a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, well, until next time. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Play my role, let me tell you about it. 
This shit right here, man, I'm hot about it. Only real niggas reside around me. Yo, lady, drop a card around me. Dip like I know you can, bitch. Show me the rust like we in the ring. Got you some cobras, you wanna hang? Shoulder to shoulder, the niggas basic. You know I won't lie. You know that I ain't for that fuck shit. You niggas alright, but I'm way better and she love it. Know that y'all sick as fuck. Here go this tissue, bro. We taking the dub. Hoping you get you some. This here like a pick me up. She taking my drugs. Know they see the sign. That's some down signs. Know they sick as fuck. Know they sick as fuck. Tell them get well soon. Tell them get well soon. Know you sick as fuck. Get well soon. Oh shit. Watch out, you the car, Billy. Oh shit. Right now.